Hey, hey, welcome to In a Nutshell, a podcast focused on innovation, entrepreneurship, and bringing about change. I'm Akshay Sareen, your host for a series where we explore social entrepreneurship. In a Nutshell, of course, a podcast by First Main in collaboration with Blessed By. Our guest for today is Akash Shamanur, who started the hashtag Be Polite campaign. And we're going to explore socio-economic relationships in a social organization in today's episode. Akash, Akash, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, yeah, yeah. So Akash, um, since Be Polite is the hot topic of conversation, uh, why don't you like quickly run us through what it is and what the genesis of Be Polite was? Got it, got it. So I, I have a background in uh, architecture and urban management. So I, I did my bachelor's here in Bangalore. I think actually when I was a kid, like uh, my, I went along with my granddad to the market and uh, just one day he asked, he's like, listen, what do you want to do when you grow up? And it's that story. And he said, well, I want to become an architect and stuff. He said, okay, what do we do? Like, you know, just make sure you help like the street vendor over there and start bottom up. So was he referring to a particular street vendor? I don't remember, but he just, it was, a, it's a, still a very faint, like memory that visual is not very well etched, but I just remember like going to the market and then having this conversation with him and that sort of stuck around. And after I finished my bachelor's, I got an opportunity to work in a couple of projects in Ahmedabad. Uh, that was to do with the whole slum rehabilitation uh, project, very close to uh, this APMC market over there. And that's where I was introduced to street vending. And I also got a chance to do my master's in urban management in uh, Rotterdam. That's in the Netherlands. Where did Yeah, in Erasmus University. Yeah. Nice. So uh, finished the course there, got a chance to work in Amsterdam in a company mm-hmm. called Metabolic, which is into uh, this whole circular economy and all that. And that's where I realized, I'm, because after a year of working, I'm like, wait, there's so much of work that's happening here that's used for a lot of recreational purposes and those like solar power and a lot of green building technologies can actually be implemented here in our country and there's much more value in those kind of you know projects coming and being implemented here so i decided to come back and i had like a like i literally had that swadesh song running in the back of my head when the plane was crossing goa and coming into india so i started with this initiative called be polite primarily because i noticed that at least in our cities, we're all talking about these really large scale projects like flyovers and like these big, big bus stations and a lot, large scale infrastructure projects that don't really have a lot of, uh, like the value of those projects doesn't trickle down eventually to the street vendor, who's like the most fundamental unit of economics in a city. Yeah. And I said, okay, what, what, is, what kind of interventions can I look at? And um, since I already worked on a couple of solar projects back in the, in the Netherlands, I said, okay, why not start looking at solar lighting? Because right now, since street vendors lack access to basic infrastructure, why not start with lighting? Because that's the most easiest or the lowest hanging fruit in like, if you really look at the needs from a Maslow's uh, yeah. perspective, then lighting is one of the most fundamental and basic things. And just around then is when demortization uh, happened. And after that, a lot of them started uh, using mobile phones to at least take starting payments. And mobile recharging was again a new need after lighting because with my interaction with a couple of street vendors, they said that, you know, they pay like five to 10 rupees just to charge their mobile phone 
with a nearby bakery. That's a good scam. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, because for us, we just take it for granted, you know, just go yeah. plug in point at the airport of railway station yeah. and just start and, you know, just continue yeah. with our lives. And uh, that's why I came up with a product called uh, Polite. So, Polite yeah. is a portable light. So, it's like literally oh, okay. short form. And uh, since a lot of our like urban middle class, the perception of us towards street vendors is very like, oh, they're a nuisance. Mm. You know, we don't want them to be in our, like, we want to avail the service, but we don't want them to be in in front of a house or you know in front of a building so i said why not be polite to a street vendor so that's how in order to change the uh, we started i started looking at that kind of and it's a sort of ranked well as a hashtag yeah. in the campaign are you sure you don't work in branding i always wanted to actually <laughs> it sounds like so, you'd be pretty good at it yeah so um, i mean the second product is going to be called uh, too polite because there are two lights two lights and one for him and one for her Exactly, probably. <laughs> All about gender, gender equality, also. True. I mean, I don't know. That's you know, that's your interpretation. But um, just just like this, we sort of started like having fun in terms of okay, what can the next product be called? So we're looking at an automatic solar portable light. So which is all so polite. Okay. It has that ring, and yeah. the people who associate themselves with this campaign, we said let's call them politicians. Call them politicians. Yeah. Nice. So sort of, uh, yeah. yeah, we sort of Sorry. went to, in all this world, like... Some major, major dad jokes coming up. Huh? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Like, uncle jokes, and this was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like over, like, beer, and we're all drinking, and we're like, actually, this is how the actual campaign started. We said, okay, this is how we're going to call it, and then, you know, all this sort of took shape, and Diwali was right around the corner, so I said, we're talking so about light, so... So when you guys launch one for the, the bathroom, what's going to be called? We have to figure out. Do you have any, any suggestions? <laughs> yeah, it's called Poo Light. <laughs> okay. With a double O, I'll, I'll make a note yeah. of that. Yeah. I just quickly want to understand the. So, what exact? So, do you guys manufacture the lights? Do you manufacture the solar panels? We. Or uh, do you aggregate them? We aggregate them. We get it manufactured from a third party vendor. And I'm not okay. an NGO, but I'm doing this as an individual. So. Um, Right. Uh, we source the lights and we do a crowdfunding campaign online and then using that money we buy the lights and then distribute it uh, through volunteers and uh, I myself go in certain cases and deliver it. So the first year I delivered all 200 by myself but to scale up you need to start looking at other volunteers and building up. And uh, so, so since you're raising funds to distribute these uh, light charger combinations mm -hmm. for light, yeah. Um, yeah. What would your business model be? So we tie up with okay. the universities. And uh, so last year, we've done like, yeah, we've done it in uh, three uh, universities so far. So last campaign was uh, in Kolkata at uh, Technica mm -hmm. University. And also this uh, organization called Y East, where we had about 150 students who came forward. Mm -hmm. So here was pure replicating the uh, learnings of a crowdfunding uh, campaign. And we said, okay, this is how you start your campaign. This is how you, you know, raise funds and also identify street vendors who require the light and then give the light. So that's what that's how we scale up to. So since this is an initiative, we've sort of not really come down to a business model per se, but okay. we're yeah. looking at how we can scale it up and uh, take the initiative uh, forward. But nice. Okay. So this is quite interesting what you did to kind of um, decentralize the scaling process. Exactly. So, so you said how many students did you open to do this? Uh, 150 
during the durga puja in kolkata and wow. before that we also did a like exercise during this like college fest where we had about i think 280 students odd mm-hmm. so we broke them into different different teams and we created a, a data capturing module where we said go and identify street vendors in a city and in a matter of half an hour so whichever team identifies the maximum number of street vendors you know sort of wins and we sort of gamified this entire process and within half an hour we had a complete list of one com- like one part of the city uh, all the street vendors over there so what we did was we then took that list and handed over to the municipality and we said look there are these many people one they need licenses but they also need basic infrastructure so using that list we said let's start looking at providing infrastructure to these people so trying to get the government to give these lights to uh, the vendors specifically in kolkata it was about yeah 180 odd students who did the fundraising and then give the lights back but because this is a crowd funded initiative we capture the location of the street vendor and also take a photograph with their basic details to share it with the funder and we create like a, a map which is shared with all the people who contributed uh, towards the campaign so they know where exactly the light is and we also share the contact number of the vendor if they need it so they can just call and like go see for first hand uh, what the impact uh, is on the ground nice so when you ran this crowdfunding campaign on your own if you don't mind me asking how much did you manage to raise the target was 3 lakhs okay but we got around 4 and a half to 4.7 nice but the remaining 1.7 we had to return it because it came from like really fishy accounts okay. like it was like names like some xjxjgmail.com and like jjjwwww@gmail.com so it seemed very fishy so we had to refund and it all landed up in dollars so uh, we had to like push back that sounds like some some hawala type vibes i don't know i don't know so i was like listen it's not like take a chance i don't want some like guys coming towards the campaign and being like listen where do you get some money from but that's good that you actually uh, did some sort of check and then just accept the money so i think that speaks a lot of the, like your principles so that's a good thing um so when you did this decentralized campaign with the students how much did you manage to raise so there uh, we looked at around 3 3 and a half where uh, the university also pitched in so they said okay. we give targets to each student group and mm-hmm. there is a shortfall the university will pitch in so that mm-hmm. that way it's a for a for a university it's a very good pr activity as well saying that our students went out and did this because yeah. end of the day this is a very visible activity because the radio okay. channel covered it some news channels covered it there i just went in as a consultant who said listen i'm going to teach you guys this activity and you can do it and take it up on your own so hopefully this year like yeah this diwali they'll do it by themselves and you know i'm not involved anymore because the larger intent is to really celebrate a smoke free diwali but i've just put together the social uh, cause the environmental right. cause and also citizen participation in this whole uh, in this whole equation so nice so then it seems like uh, kind of back to your business model is more of a social impact model right because you're not you haven't really created this as a um business per se but more of like what impact does it have on the world that you live in which you're talking about smoke free diwali and stuff like that so maybe are you now ready to tell us about your business slash social impact model or do you still want yes. to wait for a while no we will come back to the business model now uh, so um what i realized was when we started doing this there's a lot more potential to use technology to connect these vendors Mm-hmm. so what we've done is sort of finished lighting we did a pilot 
to provide refrigeration as a service to street vendors. So uh, we did a pilot project with about uh, 12 street food vendors in Bangalore, mm -hmm. where we said, okay, let's provide a community fridge on a rental basis. So each one gets their own compartment mm. and uh, they can just store whatever they need because it started off with the storage of chutney because uh, we right. did a couple of tests and we found that you ended up with, uh, going to the bathroom after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're having like chutney after yeah, yeah, I know. Like, eight o'clock in the night, then yeah. you're most likely to go to a pool. You, you're most likely to use a pool night for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's either that or it's become it's become kingfisher kingfisher feigning or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. True, true, true. So uh, that's why we started looking at uh, refrigeration as a service. Then we suddenly said, okay, we can also, if you're looking at hygiene as a larger theme for providing uh, infrastructure to street vendors, mm -hmm. we also started looking at how we can provide a dishwasher as well. Because most of them currently were looking at, were using like paper plates or these styrofoam plates, mm -hmm. uh, which is not really, you're generating a lot of waste. So why not like provide good steel plates and cutlery, which is, pass through a steel, like a dishwasher. And for the large, like in all of this, the larger framework is a, uh, this a legislation called Street Vendors Act of mm. 2014. Yeah. Mm. And where the act basically says that any street vendor in a city needs to be given a ID card yeah, and they need to be collectivized. So they need to be yeah. created, like you need to create vending zones in different parts of the city. So that. if you can use the vending zone framework then we can start looking at providing all of these services like a dishwasher a refrigeration and any other like solar lighting and even the push carts so we finished the dishwasher pilot and then i started a pilot to um, we designed a solar powered push cart uh, which had like a mobile charging po uh, points and even a uh, a digital weighing scale so you know the customer trust is improved and if you have a well designed push cart then a lot of customers feel comfortable buying uh, your vegetables on it because if you have, since you have good lighting and a proper weighing scale, they don't feel that they're being cheated. So I have a question so, which kind of goes back to maybe your assumptions. Mm -hmm. Is that like how much business is actually done when it's not daylight? Right now, what's happening is at Are least you... in our in our uh, in cities like Bangalore, mm -hmm. majority of the business happens after six because a lot yeah. of office goers they leave from their office and then buy uh, these. Their essential items. So I I don't know the exact quantity, but no, that seems like a fair yeah. assumption to make. Yeah, like the peak businesses. First thing, it's first in the early in the morning, and then it's late in the evening. So it's these it's like before office and then after office. So that's one critical assumption. And uh, considering the the whole COVID nineteen situation, how does that affect everything? You know, because it's a yeah yeah it's a very physical contact experience based um yeah, so, so given the whole contact based issue like as indians before we buy anything we still want to touch and feel whatever we're going to buy so in fact we uh, we were planning to launch a service here in davangere which is my hometown where mm -hmm. like one of the bulk vegetable suppliers said so can we at least pass it through a uv tunnel like the vegetables through a uv tunnel and then you know uh, send it but that works well at a large scale, but at a cart level, we're trying to see if a small like disinfecting a disinfection box with UV light will work or not. At least at a vending zone scale, we're trying to see if we can put a UV tunnel and just make sure that whatever vegetables go out, like the customers just keep it and then you know, they um, take it out. But that's one 
it does not solve the entire issue to be frank but at least in the minds of the customers they just feel a little more assured that okay there is some precaution uh being taken so at a market level we can bring in some solution that's you know disinfected um, at that scale and you're expecting the vendor to fund all these cool interventions no 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 so we're looking at uh, we're pitching these projects through a, through the smart city uh, initiative where okay. we've uh, given proposals to the uh, complete thing so that's including the entire roofing to solar power mm-hmm. but the way we've pitched all of this is saying that let it be a subscription based or a user based model mm-hmm. where the vendor will have to pay a certain amount every month for availing these facilities okay. so because the law says that you need to create a vending zone and my role like from a business perspective would be to operate design operate and build these uh, vending zones for the vendors so that's one path we're looking at i like the modularity of what you're doing like you know there's like so many different yeah. things but they're all connected to each other True. and yeah, like a lot of a lot of people like build specialization and kind of just continue with the same thing i see you're adding a lot of ancillary yeah. opportunities to it no you need to because it's such a the ecosystem is so interdependent you can't there's you can't like just stick to one uh, yeah. solution and go forward so um, so back to the, the the funding aspect of it yeah are you looking at continuing the crowdfunding approach for for these things or move more towards institutional funding and then like your own sustainable business model uh crowdfunding will stay for the lighting part because uh, that as an initiative will continue so the initiative started and then that's going to continue as its own but then the learnings from the initiative is where we're looking at implementing adding value to the street vendors so like these vending zones and like these other needs is what what we're looking at uh to be funded but mm-hmm. also something that's that we're working on like right now as we speak is so the government has announced a 10000 rupee loan to street vendors yeah. but there's such a massive gap like the government has given this task to the small development small businesses development bank and they're not sure how to implement it so that's on the on the government side but at the same time the municipalities have only surveyed about just 10 to 20% of the total number of street vendors in any city because they don't have the capacity to yeah. like go out and survey because just to survey one person it takes almost 45 minutes to 1 hour for the like the bmc guy or the corporation person to go out and do the survey so what we're looking at is a self registration uh, model where we're saying that you know we're going to create a web link and just put it out and say if you're a street vendor turn your gps on go to the spot where you're selling stuff and upload a picture of yourself and give your name and your contact details so at least we'll know what is the scale we're dealing with i mean the, there's a clear mismatch between how many people we think they are and how many are actually there because in bangalore we estimate at least about 200 no 2 lakh street vendors whereas according to the government it's only like 27 or 28000 street vendors sorry when you said you'll ask street vendors to put their gps on i suddenly yeah. imagine like uh, like the tinder for street vendors being brought into action probably probably because streetmatch.com yeah like do you need tomatoes or do you need bengal and yeah. who's got the best bengals in <laughs> your area and then you find the person who's selling it so so, so since you're a, a crowdfunding expert do you have any tips for people who would be listening to this and kind of want to fund some of their causes like what are the things to do not do the first thing is um, 
you need to have a very good story as in you need to make sure that you have a good story that ties all the different aspects together because what worked for me is like the association of light diwali and also like how we indians have this like notion of light saying oh you know you every time you switch on the light in the evening people like look up to the light and they sort of thank the gods for like bringing in the light so yeah. okay i shall start that practice starting today <laughs> exactly so th- that way you know there's a very strong connect and that's where the whole crowdfunding campaign also uh, fits well so any campaign that you do like please try and connect it with a very good story and we all have the stories around us but we just need to identify it cool is there anything else that you wanted to kind of um, go through the questions again how, how do you measure social impact i think it's uh, so these are the outcomes that i've actually noticed the when some of the vendors also use this light uh, back home when they have to cook or if their kids have to study that's cool and uh, the interesting thing about the kids using these lights to study is that uh, one of the kids uh, one of the vendors children was like uncle uncle uh, when i grow up i'm going to build a house and use solar power so we don't have to pay electricity bill anymore so they start understanding like basic essential uh, idea of self reliance and sustainability at a very young age so nice very good to because today they might be a street vendor but going forward they're definitely going to climb up the social ladder and probably come up to become a middle class family and then start consuming but looking at the scale of a country we really need to start looking at how we can like sustainably uh, consume so mm. we're able to start talking about sustainability at a very bottom up uh, level as well so i think that's one of it's a very interesting learning uh, actually uh, for for us in the campaign nice so, yeah great i guess uh, that's it thank you thank you for your time no worries Thanks for joining us on this episode of Social Entrepreneurship in a Nutshell. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates on new episodes. If you wish to get in touch with any of our speakers, just drop us a message and we'll get back to you. See you soon.